On this week's episode of Studio Inter, we discuss the game against Napoli before going into the upcoming games against Sparta Prague and Genoa, followed by our Frog, Moji and Marathi of the Week. All of this and much more on this week's episode of Studio Inter. <laughs> Squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter! L'Inter vince! E Dillo! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! I più forti siamo noi! Hello and welcome back to another episode of Studio Inter. I am your host, Antonio D'Angelo, and with me today is, as always, my co-host, Semper Inter's very own Nima Tavali-Ruzzari. Nima, how are you, mate? I'm not as good as I was last week when we spoke and did this show, but uh, Inter, Inter sure made, uh, made sure that was the, it was going to be a shitty week, so let's uh, get on with it. <laughs> uh, we, we'd never get used to it. Um also with me today is a writer for Sempre Inter, the man behind the previews, Mr. Mohamed Nassar. How are you, Mo? I'm all good. How are you guys? Oh, good. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess that's, that's the reaction we're all, all going to have, aren't we? Um, I think, I think one of those the weeks. The, I think for the rest of the season, we should refrain from asking each other how we're feeling because it's going to be shit. So I think we should just like so say, just like so how's the how's the weather where you are you know what I mean like yeah like that. yeah just uh, you know just little little other comments you know that don't relate to overall mood uh, would be best um, so before we we get into it we also have a special guest with us today to discuss the Napoli game so Nima could you please introduce said guest. He is my favorite Terun di Merda in the world. Uh, Marco D'Onofrio, Kubani, well, uh, love child has many names. He's the host of Stereo Serie A. He writes for Football Italia, Soccer 360 uh, magazine. He does uh, Sports uh, 590 in Canada, Sportsnet 590 in Canada. The very own Mr. Kubani, Marco D'Onofrio. How you doing, Kubani? <laughs> Uh, I like that intro. Uh, I am great, unlike you guys. I'm uh, I'm on top of the world right now. <laughs> you know, it's like last week on this show, I did say that my my worst fear was like the, 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 what happened was what actually happened was my actual worst fear that Inter were going to be completely asphalted and destroyed by a Napoli side who at home at the San Paolo can beat anyone. No matter who they've got, when they have that crowd behind them, they can beat an, anyone and they can beat everyone. Especially you have, especially in the beginning of the matches, you have to be tight and defend tightly against Napoli, who are a moody team. So, were you? Did you? Did you? What were you expecting going into this? I mean, obviously you were pretty confident because Inter are in shambles, and you guys, you but you guys have been struggling as well. What, what were your thoughts going into this game? Yeah, I was gonna say I was completely not confident going into this game and leave it leave it to uh, for a match against Inter to spark a team's offense but um <laughs> that's exactly that, that's exactly what happened on Friday because let's not forget this team was on a short week they played Monday um as did you guys but they played Monday against Sassuolo and 
gave up a one nothing lead late in that game only for Sassuolo to tie it one one. So um, when Napoli went up two nothing right off the bat, I was I was shocked because truth be told, since Milik has been injured, this is a team that's really struggled in front of net, and um, we didn't see that on on Friday. And to be honest, I, I was just waiting for the collapse. I thought it was inevitable, and um, fortunately for Napoli fans, that collapse never came, and Inter just pulled an Inter, I guess. Yes, we did. We pulled an Inter, <laughs> but I mean two nil after six minutes. I mean, were you, were you were you shocked in disbelief when you when you saw how Napoli played, or were you just uh, appalled at how poor Inter were? Or maybe it was a combination no, would, of both. <laughs> maybe, but I, I was genuinely shocked. I'll be honest. I don't think anybody anticipated, um, and even the most pessimistic uh, Inter fans, I don't think they could have anticipated being two nothing down right off the bat. And for me, I was worried that it was too much too early because we, we all know how often um, teams that go up two nothing or three nothing right off the bat can let that slide. And I mean, we almost saw that happen with Inter against Fiorentina last week. Right. So uh, it, it was close. I, w- I was shocked, but I'll be honest again, that, that performance from the first minute to the end was probably the best I've seen Napoli play since Milik has been injured. And um I think it was important for the club that they were playing a bigger team like Inter because Napoli has a huge game against Benfica on Tuesday. And it was if they had played a Sassuolo or an Empoli, with all due respect to them, it would have been very easy to overlook the match on Friday. And I think having Inter come to the San Paolo probably benefited Napoli, to be honest. Yeah, it probably did. Um, but as you as you alluded to, this was uh, this was the best game uh, you see, you've seen uh, uh, Napoli play since Milik got injured. But if we include the entire season, do you think this was the best match, best performance you saw from Napoli all season? Uh, I I don't know that that I think is a little bit tough to say, especially early on because they they did have some some strong performance earlier this season. But again, this hands down, at least in the last couple of months, this this was their best performance and. Um, Honestly, you you feel for Inter, you do. Like as a non-Inter supporter, and I know how how much you guys are struggling and, and how frustrated you guys are. You feel for them because it, it just seems like the lack of consistency there, whether it be who, who's in, who's coaching the team or who who's in the lineup, is really affecting them. And um, I think that was probably the biggest difference. As much as Napoli struggled this year. At least they know what the game plan is, and, and they have some sort of a game plan. And it, and to be honest, we don't see that from Inter. And, and occasionally we see a, a moment of brilliance from someone like Acardi, but there, there's only so much he can do, you know. And yeah, I will say, I, I will say that Reyna had the best performance I've seen this year, probably from him, because he's had some real stinkers. Um, <laughs> he's, he's been he's been atrocious at times this year, but he, he looked pretty good on on Friday, anyways. Yeah, speaking of Icardi, this guy, this is a guy who I know you love to talk about on your show, especially when I'm on. <laughs> well, <laughs> well Wanda more so. <laughs> well, I was going to say, him and especially his wife is something that intrigues you a lot, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but but, but um, <laughs> for reasons that we can't get into, because I don't want us to be a, like a X-rated show or something this time. So, Jerry, uh, I thought we already hit those levels last week. Or do we? Do no, we... no, no. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to sink to that low, despite Kubani being here. <laughs> <laughs> You're a nicer host than I am, Nima. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> I guess I am. Although no. the one week I'm away and you show up on Stereo City Ad, you talk about how it was the best discussion you've ever had. 
<laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I know. But at the same time, it was for once we, we were managed to have an adult conversation despite everyone <laughs> being adults as well. Uh, no, but seriously, though, you guys were chasing um, uh, Mauro Icardi this summer pretty heavily. And there were at some points there were reports coming out that Napoli were, had made an offer of uh, somewhere between 35, 45 million plus Gabbiadini. Now, in, given how Napoli play and given how that's, you know, you guys, the, the, the tactics that, um, that uh, Sarri deploys is, is very much relevant and hinges on having a very typical strong number nine. Is that a move that you uh, wish would have happened or do you, do you regret it not happening? Um, I, I don't know. To be honest with you, I, I'm not sure if a Cardi is the right for Napoli, not not because he doesn't have the characteristics on the field, because Lord knows he does, and um, Gabbiadini is not a prima punta as much as they try to make him one, and Lord knows he would be a, definitely a better fit in front of or to lead the line over Gabbiadini. My only concern with Accardi in in Napoli is the city itself, um, because we know that Napoli is not the safest place if, if you have vices. <laughs> and what it, vice true. does he have? The guy's a family man. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he's your typical family man, Nemo. Let me tell Jesus you. Jesus Christ. Oh. It's like, no, well, no. Was, he's I, always out with his kids. I mean, what, what is this image you've got of Ikadi? No, I mean, and you're one of the... You're one of, we were talking about this last week on this show, about how people have got this image of him being some sort of party animal. And <laughs> where does this come from? The guy is always constantly with his kids, his it's true like, image is that of purity. It's, it's <laughs> oh yeah, clearly. <laughs> okay, Antonio, let's not let's not take it too far. <laughs> no, no, but, but you're right. I, I mean, what is this thing about vices? I mean, he's no. What what would that be? You know, playing well, with with you know buying too many stuffed animals for his kids. I mean, I, I don't get. I, I don't get I, it. I don't, I don't want to know what he's buying. Um, to be honest <laughs> with you, no. But but with, listen, in all honesty, I think. I think it takes a special kind of player to play in the city of Napoli just because mm-hmm. you need to avoid those distractions. You need to be able to, because, um, I mean, the media will eat you all up. The pressure will eat you up. The fans are nuts. And I think, I think don't get me wrong, I mean, I think Accardi may be able to deal with it. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest with you. I just know what we've seen or the controversies, how he's dealt with that in the past, and he hasn't been necessarily able to handle those in the greatest way. I mean, Look! Look what happened with Accardi and the Inter Ultras. Imagine that with the Napoli Ultras. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think on, on in the summertime, I would have loved Accardi to come, and I, I still think I do. Don't get me wrong. I I think Napoli needs a player like Accardi because that's what they're missing. They're missing that true number nine. But the way Milik has been performed to start the season, and, and knowing he's coming back, is Accardi the kind of guy who can share the spotlight? Um, and, and that remains to be seen, right? Because at Inter, he can be the main guy, and I think he needs to be the main guy because he's good enough to be the main guy. Um, and right now, I don't know if he can be in Napoli, but I do know Napoli needs to get rid of Gabbiadini, and that's no that's no fault of his own. He just doesn't fit in Sarri's system. And as much as Napoli tries to make him a prima punta, he's not. And truth, truthfully, he would not have started against Inter had Martin Mertens not be, been suspended uh, picking up another yellow against Sassuolo on Monday because... Uh, Sorry, chose not to start him against Sassuolo in the hopes of playing him against Inter, and then he picked up the yellow late in the game and mm. was not able to start on Friday. So I think mm. that speaks about where Gabbiadini fits in the system and how much they actually need a legitimate striker up top. 
It's true. I mean, with with he, it's not easy to replace someone like Higuain. Uh, I mean, his goals and his uh, his movement, above all, I think, was just last season when everything clicked. It was just fantastic. So uh, yeah, so have you have you? I mean, how how do you have you have you gotten over the whole Higuain thing yet, or uh, are you still so butt hurt about that? <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. I was always in the camp where, and I, honestly, I wrote probably the most emotional piece I'd ever written in my life. Yeah, you did. When it all I, happened, that was a really good piece. I got to give a plug for that because that was brilliantly written. Thank you. I, I do appreciate that, Nima. I, I know you don't compliment me often, so I'll <laughs> take them when you do. Um, <laughs> But it, it it was truthfully it was one of those situations where, from a if, from a rational and reasonable point of view, it made all the sense in the world. You you, you made a killing off a guy who's going to be twenty nine this week, I believe. He's if not today his birthday. He's turning twenty nine. You got ninety million dollars for him. It was a move that made sense financially, and I mean, albeit they didn't really have many much control over the say. I think it was the way that it was handled. Um, from Higuain's point of view, in the sense that the the secret medicals in, in Spain and keeping everything super quiet and, and telling everything was okay until it actually happened, and and going to Juve of all teams, especially after they had picked up Pjanic from Roma, it just it felt dirty, you know. And it was frustrating because this was a team that last year they were they were leading the league at, at the Christmas break. This was a team that for the first time in my lifetime. Since I can remember, anyways, in my lifetime, that legitimately thought they had a chance at the Scudetto last year, and for a long time they did. But we saw that they didn't have the depth, and that they didn't have the winning mentality that Juve possess right now. And I think that was the biggest difference. And then this year they added a whole bunch of depth, but they, 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 there's something lacking right now, especially since the Milik injury. So. Yeah, it, it's tough to lose a guy like Higuain, and at this point, I'm glad that they did make the move. Um, and especially when you hear about a guy like Bolotti, who has a $100 million bio clause now, $90 million, um, seems like a lot. For uh, that's, so, that's ridiculous. I mean, I got to say, that Bellotti thing, okay, I understand that they've slapped a 100 million euro uh, buyout clause on on him, but to me that's absurd. Because if Belotti is yeah. worth 100 million, then Higuain is at least worth 500 million, and Icardi, yeah. given his age, is somewhere around there as well. I mean, just it's just ridiculous. It's stupid. And one thing I will like it, these valuations have just gone stupid now. And one thing I will say that I give De Laurentiis a lot of credit for is these whole bio clauses because. He was really one to initiate it with what, what Cavani was 65 million and then Higuain at 90. And at one point, people were like, there's no way anybody would pay 90 million. And somebody did. And now he's revolutionized the idea of it's only valid for foreign clubs, which is all apparently in Bolotti's contract where only foreign players or only foreign teams can. Um, it's it's weird. It's a, it's a whole weird situation, and it's frustrating to be honest. Because Napoli seems like a team now that they're able to produce some quality players, but as soon as they get good enough, they're on their way out. And I can I can I can already see a guy like Diara this year, who I think was fantastic against Inter, by the way. Um, yes, he was. Be, he uh, was. <laughs> he, he he's, was. He's a he's probably been the signing of the summer. I think. I mean, besides Milik and what happened before him, Diara's 
replace Giorgino in the starting lineup there. He's he's keeping guys like Alain out of the starting lineup. And I, I think Diara is one of those kids you really got to look out for. Mohamed, have you got anything you want to ask him, Marco? No, I mean, um, nothing um, nothing in particular. Um, I just, uh, I, I would like to know, um, considering uh, that uh, Napoli added quite a bit of players for depth over the summer, if he thinks that uh, this year's chances, giving, given that hopefully they'll progress through the group stages of the Champions League, what realistically are you going to be targeting in this area? Where do you go from now? Yeah. yeah, and well, we're going to find out tomorrow what this team's made of, because... It's a huge game. I mean, a draw gets them through, a win gets them through, a loss, it all depends on Basikas. Coming into the season, I said a, a strong, legitimate campaign would be to try to finish second in Serie A and to advance to the quarterfinals of Champions League. I would have been more than ecstatic with, with that of the season. Now, I, I think yeah. second place is looking pretty out of reach, um, given the way Roma and Milan's played. I mean, Napoli's four points behind them, but... I think it's going to be a race to the finish this year. And I think Roma, Napoli, Milan, um, I think they're all in that ballpark. And I'm, I'm shocked, to be honest, that Inter is not there. Um, but I think yeah. I think when it came to Inter, I think it was it was the coaching changes. I mm. mean, how, how, do you, how do you replace a coach two weeks before the season starts and then mm. replace him halfway through <laughs> the, the first term of the season? Like, that that's the frustrating part. And I think from Napoli's point of view – I'm just glad Sarri's the, the consistent there, and I, I think they need him to be the constant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, what's happening next for you now? Because I know that you're Toronto FC because you're based in Toronto, and you're Toronto FC beat Montreal, and you guys are in the play, in the finals now? Like, is it the final of the MLS? Because I'm, really, I'm not really sure how that MLS works. It's very different to how it works in Europe. It's very it's it's set up like a North American sports league more so than anything, where you have the regular season, and you have your playoffs, and on Saturday it is the final. So I am. It'll be the first time a Canadian team is in the final, which I think is huge. Um, and that'll take place on Saturday night here in Toronto. So Toronto got to host it um, because what happens is they have the higher seed host the final. So because mm -hmm. TFC finished uh, with more points than Seattle did, they are hosting the final. Um, so so it'll be interesting. I, I know Saturday I was actually at both legs. So I was in Montreal and I was in Toronto in the Eastern Conference Final, and it was nuts. It, it, it was 97,000 people over two legs, drew over 2.5 million television audience. It was hands That's down the huge. biggest series. That's oh, yeah. huge. It was, it was the biggest series, and I'm actually doing a piece right now for Soccer 360 on how it was the series or is the derby that transformed a nation because, um, and I don't, and I, I'm not under or overstating it, that this is literally, that was the kind of series in Saturday's game has literally changed the way this country and Canada views the sport of soccer. Um, it, it, it got mainstream coverage for the first time, which was really nice. And Saturday's already sold out uh, tickets going for two, three hundred dollars minimum. So Ooh. it's, it's going to be a big event. And it, it's nice to see that the sport has landed in this country. And I know that for a lot of Europeans, it's difficult to see what MLS is or, or, or what MLS can bring to the table. But I think it's a growing and a developing league that's doing things in the right manner and taking care of business, which um, you don't often see because you look at Serie A and we can talk about how, you know, Napoli or Inter, everybody's really looking out for themselves. Where in a league like MLS, it's more like what's going to help this league grow? 
Um, and, and I think that's important, which is nice to see. And I'm, I'm ecstatic for Saturday because I think it's going to be crazy. That's amazing. And it's a one-off final. So it's not like the NHL where they have like a best of seven kind of thing. It's one final and it's hosted in Toronto. Yeah. So it's very similar to like Champions League where uh, the playoffs, they do aggregates. So they do the home and away. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, the amount of times I've had to explain the aggregate system to people in Canada <laughs> for the last two weeks has been ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's uh, ridiculous. So how do you think um, this, uh, these rumors of the CPL, this Canadian Premier League thing that we've been rooting, hearing so much about, um, how, how do you think this will affect Toronto and, and Montreal? Will they, do you think they will leave the MLS to join the CPL? Or, or will the CPL kind of become like a lower-tier league that will you know provide as uh, similar to like the ahl is to the nhl kind of thing i'm just first and foremost i'm very impressed with your knowledge of canadian soccer and <laughs> you know what hey, i do research okay <laughs> i do research i'm very impressed with your knowledge this is all a new language uh, to me <laughs> so um don't worry it's a, it's a new language for i'm sure most of your listeners right now um but The, the Canadian Premier League, what, what the reason behind that is that technically in, in MLS, um, if a Canadian player is not playing for a Canadian team, so there's three Canadian teams in MLS, Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. If a Canadian player is not playing for one of those three teams and he's playing for an American team, he's, he's designated as a foreign player, which is such a big deal because mm. uh, teams only get certain amount of foreign spots. But an American player can play for a Canadian team And he's seen as a, as a local domestic player, which sparked a lot of outrage here in Canada. So what they've decided to do or what they're talking about is creating a Canadian Premier League, which would be technically the first division here in Canada. But Toronto FC, Vancouver and Montreal would stay in MLS. And this would be more like, uh, as it's considered the first division, but it would be more like a second division where players, Canadian 20-year-olds and, and uh. young adults who aren't quite at that MLS level, will actually get an opportunity to play and make a living. So um, I don't think it'll ever be able to compete with the MLS or, or with those kind of pockets. But it's a start in the right direction, especially for development here in this country, which is a nice nice thing to see. It's great because soccer growing in North America, I think, is is very huge and necessary for the development and survival and growth of, uh, of the sport because... Uh, obviously, it's always been in traditional, the old world, and now it's kind of developing and growing much more in China. But I think North America, uh, Canada and the U.S. is, is still a very underdeveloped market uh, and a, there's a lot of untapped talent. Anyway, um, I'd, thanks, so lot, so thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, if anyone wants to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Kubani7. Good luck trying to spell it. Uh, K-U-B-A. <laughs> ni7 on uh, twitter and nima honestly all all three of you guys thank you so much for having me on it's it's always a pleasure and actually nima when i was at the uh i was at the, the second leg of the derby on on wednesday night i met a, a, a listener stereo city who's an inter fan and he drove from montreal to come to this game michael and i'm at, he and he begged me to introduce you to him Because he was the biggest Inter fan. And he's like, I, I love Semper Inter. I love Nima. I, I listen to your show. Nima's the best. You got to leave him alone. You got to introduce me to him. 
<laughs> so well, yeah, I'm, definitely, I'm you gotta working do on. It. Yeah, you got to do that. You got to introduce <laughs> to him. And thank you, tell him thank you so much if you're listening. Thank you so much for those kind words. And definitely, Kubani, don't fuck up now. Introduce me to the kid. <laughs> yeah, I will. And honestly, all all you guys keep up the good work on semperinter.com. It is the number one, and I mean that the best English source for all inter news. So thank you guys for keeping us updated on. The, the the circus right now that is <laughs> <laughs> and i got to give a shout out to your 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 the stereo city uh, uh podcast radio that you guys have got to me i think it's second to none the best podcast radio on italian football in english out there bar none i think it's you guys have just it's like you guys are number one to ten on that list what you guys do uh, even you know everything you do from guests to 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 the to the on to the energy you guys have got online to everything you know the music everything it's just it's just a pleasure to listen to so I I can strongly recommend everyone to listen to Stereo Serie Thank you, Nima. I appreciate that. I really do. Okay, say hi to the guys, and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for joining us. I will. Us. Have a good show, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Take care, guys. Ciao. 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 Well, that was nice. Yeah. Although he's a although he's a Napoletan. Like you, because you're you're like one of those Trojan horses, aren't you, Antonio? Because you're from Castel Volturno. You were born there, weren't you? That's yeah, just outside was, of right, Naples. I was born in Castel, but um, my dad supported Inter and lived there for about eighteen years, I think. Yeah, so he, I kind of got it from him. And and to be fair, I was born there, but I've grown up in England. So oh, okay, well, still, that's well, good parenting. That's good parenting on this part. Your dad's part. He, he, I don't know. Uh, he, don't played, know he played uh, it smart. Like, <laughs> he played it smart. Good parenting or lifetime abuse. So. <laughs> hey, better the lifetime abuse than uh, than 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 being a go gobbo. Better better to better to you know better to go through a lifetime of pain and win honestly than to be a Juventus. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I think I think you know as, as bad as really bad as things are right now. I, I, it was a good choice. Um, I agree. But um, yeah, before we move move on, in terms of, is, do you guys have anything else to say about the Napoli game? Not more than uh, I would like to say. Oh, sorry, you go, Mo. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we were talking last week and uh, in, in the preview as well. It was, I mean, like Ranocchia. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, but he was okay every, against Napoli, I would say. I mean, second goal, man. The second goal yeah, is yeah. all of him. He does that. He does that all the time. All the mm. time. He's out like over the That's halfway true. line, marking That's a player. True. With That's a, true. He probably <laughs> felt bad and concentrated right. for the rest of the game. That's why he did all right. But you know, like honestly, every new manager feels compelled. Like De Boer did it. Mancini did it. They come in and they say like. You know what? We're going to reform. We're going to redeem Ranocchia. We're going to be the savior of this guy's career. And then, like two games in, they're like, "This guy's not touching a football ever again." You know? There's uh, there's a saying was... in England which I think uh, everyone needs to learn uh, before yeah. going into the inter dressing room and taking uh, a charge of that place is that in England you say you can't make chicken soup with chicken shit. <laughs> and that's the problem we have at Inter. There are so many chicken yeah. turds. There's so many chicken turds floating around in that dressing room right now that it's just, it's, I mean, the, the entire fullback situation, Ansaldi. I mean, I don't want to go so far as to call him a chicken turd, but I would definitely say that Nagatomo and, and uh, D'Ambrosio and, and uh, Ranocchia 
our 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 chicken turds, our actual walking turds from the anuses of chickens, and you can't make chicken soup out of that. I'm sorry, it's just it doesn't work anymore. It just doesn't work. You have to admit it has to come at some point where we realize they're just not good enough. Uh, personally, however, I, I all my fears that I said last week were realized within the first six six minutes. Our our pressing was and condogbia. I mean, that's it for me with condogbia. I, I I I've had it, and these reports about selling him with a option, forced option to sell in the summer, fantastic, fantastic, because you cannot walk, you cannot play football at elite level and walk on the pitch. Condogbia, you know, I'm sh- I'm I'm sh- for his sake and for Inter's sake, because I still think he's a good player and I still think there is talent there. He just needs to leave. For both, for everyone's yeah. sake. Because, I mean, what, what he was doing, he has absolutely no pace. He looks mm. tired, like he's grasping for air after two minutes. Like he's, like he's, a, like he's your, you know, like he's your 55-year-old chain-smoking, whiskey-drinking uncle who's been dragged <laughs> onto the pitch and who's hyperventilating <gasps> like that. He, that's how he looks. And it's just, yeah. un, it just doesn't, it's not working anymore. I'm sorry. I'm, I I don't know more what you think, but for me, that's it. I, that, that, I feel I'm, I'm, I feel terrible because yeah, I mean, like I've I've tried to defend this guy so many times, and and like you say, like I believe there's a good player in there, but just for everyone's sake, like it's, it's sometimes the Italian league is not you know it's not for the faint of heart, and he gets abused every week in the papers, and if he's like a sensitive guy and he feels it, then he's just you know maybe like you say, it's best he we part ways. He continues his development. He we say, you know, we, we, we screwed up on that one. 41 million euros he cost wow. us in total. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. 41 million euros. The, yeah. the football he's produced is worthy of a player that has cost like 3 million euros. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Well, what can you do? I feel, we'll like the, I, feel, I feel like the similar things are going to happen with, with quite a few young players. So I mean, I've, could could the same thing be hap- happen with Barbosa? Do you guys think? I think uh, the Barbo uh, Gabigol thing is more of an issue of uh, I think they want to play him. I don't think it's an issue of not want. I think he will he will he will start playing from January. I think this is more of an because issue. Most of, most young players we seem to get. You know, start out promising and tend to, and it's not because of them, but a lot of the time it's because of how we manage them and take care of them, and with with changing managers and that. Um, you know, Kovacic was one example. He was he was such a talent when he came to us, and uh, over the years he we kind of, you know, didn't develop him properly. Uh, and now Kondogbia, do you reckon a similar thing? Be yeah, but himself. those players, those players at least were played. Uh, Gabigol hasn't even been played yet. I, I sure. still think it's an it's an issue of him, of him not being physically fit enough because he had a very strange season, uh, where after the Olympics he basically had one month off, uh, which means that the Olympics ended what early September, late August, and then one month after that, that's October. You know, I, I think I think it's more to do, and also for him to adapt to Italian football and and that life and all that. I, I still think that he will he will feature from January. I think that's the way they're treating him and looking at him. And I, and I believe last summer they had like an under something World Cup that he was he played in as well. So last summer, not 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 the Olympics, the one before, summer of uh, 2015, I think. I'm not sure, but like yeah, he's been playing for two seasons. 
back to back. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't had any break. Yeah. I don't know. I hope so. I mean, look, I, I've only I can't I can't say I've, uh, I I know much about uh, Barbosa. I've uh, seen the, the, the different YouTube videos and stuff, so uh, I, I I don't know. But he seems promising. He's young. He it's a it's a good position that we could uh, that could be useful for us. Uh, you know, having competition with uh, Perisic and uh, Kandreva on the wings. So no, I think I hope. I mean, I hope we get to see him before we before we ship him off. If we if we do, you know. But yeah. So moving on to the next game this week which uh i'd like i'd like to say you know moving on from negativity to something more positive but this is a game where it doesn't really mean anything um yeah. we have it's the europa league game against sparta Prague, and they have undoubtedly done a lot better than us in the group they're top of the group <laughs> with 12 points um and we are bottom with i think five uh, if i'm correct no, three points. Oh, oh, three points. Yeah, we we only have that win against yeah. Southampton uh, at home, and even that was pushing. Even that was a stretch that game. Yeah. Um, so, what, what do you guys expect from this game? Is this going to be a game where we play reserve players, or do you think? Um... With with the risk of sounding like a boring, you know, negative person, this game, I, I don't even want it. I don't even want to think about it. Like for me, this is like I don't want this it. Is, I, I'd prefer uh, we just. <laughs> Give them a full I, 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 yeah, I mean, it's like I, I say, play with the Primavera players. Who cares? Yeah, if they're yeah, right, yeah. I mean, just just play the young players. Play Carrizo and goal. Don't use any one starting player. Just use just use reserve players. I think please this, use uh, please use Ranokia. Maybe he'll get injured. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, use 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 the reserve players. Play yeah. play with the. Uh, you know, play with uh, you know young players. Give them a runabout. Play Carrizo. Play, you know, all the players that aren't getting in. Get let Miange get a shot. You know, let everyone have a runabout because this game yeah. me, means absolutely nothing. And if the Serie A and the Coppa Italia is all that matters right now, uh, and we need to focus on those two, so that, that, that's all I get. Yeah, I mean, it is a, it is it really is a friendly. Exactly, that's the way I look at it. Just. Play the, treat this like a friendly, because it doesn't yeah. mean anything for either team. They've already won the group. We're already finished. It doesn't really matter. So you know, just 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 give give everyone a runabout. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I don't really think there's anything else to say about that. I no, I really don't think so either. The I mean, scores and even that. No, scoring. I mean that's. I mean, what's the point? I mean, nobody knows. <laughs> I mean, it's like. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, what are you going to predict here? It's like. As I said, it does. If it, if it if it had meant something for Sparta Prague, then it might have been something, some kind of interest for the team, but but for this match, but there isn't. They've already won. We're already last. Let's just get I'm on. Gonna let's say, just get on with it. Right, we'll move on. I'm going to say one 0 win. Carito goal for the hell of it. Um, <laughs> just 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 to brighten up that segment a little bit before we we uh, leave. Um, I'm going to say three 0 Ranocchia hat trick. <laughs> it's getting better and better. <laughs> yeah, I bet the thing is, yours seems more outlandish than the Carito goal. It's <laughs> which so, is so Nima. It's a three 0 for Sparta. Uh, Ranocchia hat trick. 
That's what I'm using. <laughs> that, uh, that's kind of. I, want, I don't want to. I don't want to be specific there. I want it to be. It can be both. <laughs> it can be interpreted as anything. Exactly. So I'm it's, kind of it's covering. It's like a contemporary I'm, art piece. You, you see. Exactly. I'm. I'm, com- I'm, co- I'm covering my bets here. I'm covering my bets yeah. here. <laughs> Either uh, Granokia will cause three goals or he'll score three goals for Inter. So he could end up playing 3-3 with himself. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Mohamed, Actually, I'm going to say that. Three goals, 3-3. Three, three. three own goals by Ranocchia <laughs> and three goals by Ranocchia. That's my prediction. <laughs> Might as well just be with the Ranocchia game. Uh, Mohamed, do you have any uh, any predictions? And no, no, no. Nothing. Like honestly, I I don't know who's going to play anyway. Like, uh, go on, just give us just give it? us something. Give us something. Two <laughs> one for Inter. And who's going to score? It's going to be Nagatomo, isn't it? Let's say yeah. Let's let's give Nagatomo a goal and uh, and maybe uh, maybe Nagagol. Nagagol. Yeah, Nagagol. <laughs> <laughs> I got someone, Eder. Eder, cool. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. Moving on to um, the much more important game coming up this week against yeah. Genoa, who are placed two positions below us uh, in terms of points. There's only, we're only two. We're only two points apart there. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't know. I don't know what to predict. The hell out of me. I don't know what to predict anymore. It's it's. The teams, you know, what this team's capable of as an interwise is, is beyond me at this point. Um, Nima, what, what kind of game do you think we're going to see? Because we're not, whatever, whatever we predict, we're most likely not going to see it. <laughs> that's that's very much true. But at the same time, I, I, this is, this is look, we're playing, we got three games now before the end of, uh, uh, before the end of the calendar year. And I can't stress how important it is for us to get as many points as humanly possible from these games because it's it's um, we we if there's anything left of the season to be salvaged it needs to come now uh, it, you know and and if we disregarding the napoli game if you think of it you know if if you completely disregard the napoli game we did well against fiorentina we did well you know, um, we've done pretty okay under Pioli. Personally, uh, if the reports are true and he's thinking of playing a 4-4-2 with uh, Palacio and Icardi up front, or even worse, a 3-5-2 and reverting back to, to a back three, I mean, that just goes to show that this guy is completely fucking clueless. And he's clueless in the long line of inter-managers and inter-directors that are also equally as completely fucking clueless. And... This this just builds so much frustration and anger inside of me that I don't even know where to begin. He's been here for three games, and already he's hitting the panic button like a, like a passenger on the Titanic. It's it's ridiculous. It's I mean, if that's the case, that means that he's panicking for his job, that he thinks that he's going to get sacked, which is in and of itself a complete joke. Or he's panicking because he feels that there there is nothing that that the level that the players um, that that tactically his tactics won't won't work despite the fact that he's only managed them for three matches. It, there, there are so many aspects of this that just freak me out because again, we everyone you know everyone wanted Mancini's head and he had to go and he had to leave because we kept, we kept messing around with the formation. 
Well, at least, you know, and nobody got played consistently. He didn't play 3-5-2 after two rough results. You know, he, he seemed to know, to be perfectly honest with you, for the past five years, we've had one manager who seems to know what the hell he's doing, and that's been Roberto Mancini. Because now yeah. we're back, we're back, to, this is back to clown college 101. Again, we have a coach who doesn't, who wants to play three-man defense. Again, I mean, why do we sack Mazzari then? I mean, you know what I mean? It's just, there's so many things about this that just infuriates me and just proves that Pioli is way in over his head, which I hoped he had. He wasn't, because it, it, it looked to be an encouraging start against Milan and Fiorentina. But if one loss against Napoli can create this panic that he starts doubting himself and wants to revert to a 3-5-2, or he wants to go to a 4-4-2, etc., etc., then, then <laughs> we've, we're, we're just back, we're just... Basically, Inter are once again, basically, calling themselves, you know, just basically saying we're clowns and we're fucking clueless. That, that's yeah. where we are. And I don't know, go Mo, I'm just pissed off now. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, like, I, I really hope it's not true. Huh? Uh, I really, really hope it's not true. I, I think, I think, anyway, even, even the Napoli game, the case can be argued that, I mean, there was no game to play when you're down... 2-0 for what essentially were individual errors in, 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 in the first six minutes. It's something that you really can't recover from. Like we said, it's the San Paolo, etc. So up to this point in, on the field, in the three games, I view Pioli's experiment largely positive. So if he continues to do what he's doing, and, and, and I mean, you know, against Genoa at home, uh, we we should we should be able to impose our, our style of play. Boom, boom, boom! The style of play that he that he's shown against uh, Milan, against Fiorentina. So I, I hope there's no panic there. I hope I hope the same sort of lineup gets gets set up. I hope maybe Murillo comes in for for Anokia. Maybe uh, maybe Condogbia sits on the bench and uh, João Mario starts. But but there's no reason to panic per se. It's it's. You know, four points out of nine from very tough games. We knew it was a really difficult start and a very tough fixture list. So it's 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 not great, but it's not awful. I mean, it could have been easily zero points out of nine, you know, or or, or three. So I don't know. I, I think I think the Genoa game should be approached the same way the Fiorentina, the exact same way the Fiorentina game has been approached, and that is. You're the bigger team. You're playing at home. You go in and you impose. You pressure from the very beginning. Direct football, uh, four, two, three, one, or whatever, and 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 we take it from there. Here's a little. Um, it's a little fact uh, that will probably piss everyone else off. <laughs> um, we've we've sacked and and rehired the same amount of coaches as as Palem of a season. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant! Ah, <laughs> um, oh, finally, we are. The, we were just an. Ex, we're just a more costly and dear version of Palermo. Now put that in your pipes and smoke it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How does that sit well with you all? I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's just it's just ridiculous. And and I just the fact that this panic, this doesn't seem. I mean, when they brought in Pioli. I, for one, thought that they okay. They want to bring in that kind of Italian coach because he played four three three or four two three one with Lazio. Yeah, he played a very specific kind of football, which was largely successful with Lazio. If we disregard the second season, and 
which I think he did really well. Now he's got a better squad, and he's only been there for three games. He did, I mean, for, if we look at the first half against Bersheva, we did really well. Against Fiorentina, we did really well. I think we, we dominated the derby and were a bit unlucky in the derby uh, not to win because we completely dominated that game. Yeah. Just continue, for Christ's sakes. You know, yeah. it's like, come on. You know, Napoli away, losing 3-0. I mean, everyone has lost to Napoli away. You know, yeah. just ignore it. Build on this. Stop hitting the panic button. And playing 4-4-2, okay, I understand. If, if Banega is injured and he can't play, fine. Then you have to adapt to that. But there are, there are solutions to this. Kandreva has played as a trequartista. Play him there. Use Eder Perisic and uh, Kandreva supporting Icardi. You know what I mean? Use Brozovic and, uh, uh, you know, Kondogbia or Melo. You know, give, give, find some continuity for crying out loud. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. what I want to see. And I agree exactly with what you said there, Mo, about so far the Pioli thing has been largely overall pretty positive. You know, if, if I mean the Napoli game is the Napoli game. Napoli away at San Paolo is, is a very specific, is a very special match. And, and you called it last week, man. You, you called it exactly how it went down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's exactly because it's it's not the first time that's happened. Napoli, you know, I based that on you know, it's just based on experience that Napoli at home they will destroy you. They, I mean, they've done it against Juventus. They've done it against Milan. They did it against Chelsea. I mean, that season when Chelsea won the Champions League, they did it. They destroyed Chelsea at home. I mean, they they have that kind of ability to do that. So don't panic. Believe yeah. in what you're doing. and But I got to say, if we go out there against Genoa playing a 3-5-2, that, that to me is, is just so much more than, the, than, than playing a 3-5-2 in one game. To me, that just sends shockwaves to me that Inter are, again, completely clueless. We're yeah. back to square one, only this time we're, we're actually back to square minus one. Yeah. Could, I just hope this, this doesn't happen. Do you guys think this is the worst Inter's been since the treble season? This, this Honestly, right I, now? I, 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 like it pains me. Like worse, the worst. I mean, worse than what? Worse than the standings? Sure, worse. But this is by like by far the best squad we've had since the treble winning season, and that's why it hurts so much. You know, mm-hmm. like like this is this is the the most potential we've had. In, in 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 six years, like compared to like the Schelotto, you know, like uh, yeah, Schelotto, Guarin, uh, my God, you know, so, Lord so, Kuz, Lord Kuz, Rocky, and, uh, yeah, oh <laughs> Alvarez, Rocky, Schelotto, and Guarin, my God, like that Jesus was that Christ. was, you know, Lord we, we, Kuz, we definitely Lord have come Kuz. on, Divino, uh, Jonathan. Yeah, the divine, the divine Jonathan. Yeah, Jesus Christ, these are some shitty players. Yeah, and so we've I mean, actually like, paid for these people. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so you, <laughs> I'm getting sidetracked. When you look at the starting eleven, we we have like starting internationals in almost every position. Players that you know, the captain of the Brazilian national team, captain of the Chilean national team. There's, we've got like the squad is 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 stacked. And that's why it hurts. And it's just, I think it's like, it's like Nemo was saying, it's just psychology. Like, please don't panic. Just calm the fuck down, guys. You know, it was just <laughs> one game. You guys are good. 
and and like we were talking, like I, I can't remember where where who I heard who I was talking to. I overheard a conversation or something. Someone was talking about like. The, the, the atmosphere, the pressure that's on these guys to deliver at the San Siro and the, 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 the curva, like it's time for the curva to stop like killing these players with, with pressure, killing the coach with pressure, killing like, ugh, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's, it's a mentality thing. It's the best inter we've had in, in, the, in a very, very long time. And, you know, like a, a guy like Pioli should definitely be aiming for a top four finish no doubt. I mean, with his with his credentials and what he's done before, etc. So let's just all calm down and, like he said, Nima, see these uh, three games out. Hopefully, take nine points out of nine. Roma play Milan. Uh, I can't remember who Juve play. I think they play Atalanta or something. So, like the top the top four or six teams, they play each other and they they're going to drop points anyway. So you can see yourself maybe pushing for a top six at the end of the year if you get all nine points. Why not? And then it's not so bad. And then you start the second half of the season, fresh new page, and the sky's the limit. But don't panic. Don't don't kill yourself. Don't like if if you know. I don't know. I feel like we should Let's tape see. record this la- these last five minutes and send it to like uh, Pioli. This has been a really like a motivational kind of speaking. Like, don't panic. <laughs> Calm down. It's all right. It was only Napoli. It was only Napoli. We can get through this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. make him uh, like. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, well, um, let's finish up on that. Uh, predictions, uh, Mo. What, what do you predict score wise? So I, I think uh, score wise, I think I think they're. Uh, I, I did a piece on them uh, a couple of weeks ago. I uh, I think we're gonna win. Like I I, I know we're gonna win. I, I know we're going to win. I know Icardi's going to find the back of the net. I uh, I hope that Kandreev and Persic maybe uh, get on the score sheet as well. Uh, if Murillo and uh, Miranda start uh, next to each other, uh, then you know maybe maybe a goal will we'll let in a goal, uh, no more. So I'm 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 hoping for a statement. I'm hoping for like a good three or four one. You know like. And, and and this is like the, op- the optimistic me. You know, we go in, we we make a statement. Go, hopefully, even keep a clean sheet, three nil, uh, score a lot of goals, impose our our direct play, and and then you know suddenly the Napoli games behind us, and we're all shaking hands and looking forward to. I think it's what Sassuolo the week after. I can't remember, but yeah, then we're looking forward to the game game after that. No, we're we're playing uh, we're playing uh, Sassuolo, and then we're playing Lazio midweek before Christmas. Um, okay. Didn't we have Lazio so, yeah. last year before Christmas? And that's yes, we do. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. we yeah, do. Yeah, the mellow game, <laughs> mellow when drama, he, mellow drama. See, a part of part of the reasoning I think that, that went so badly was was the fact that we had a Christmas party and were celebrating in that week before they'd even got you know finished the last game right? before Christmas. I feel like that just screwed up their mentality and they didn't take it seriously yeah. enough. They just lost their heads. Inter channel like rarely post videos, and they posted the video of that party and like the the, the like video message coverage. from uh, yeah Eric Tohir was uh, there by video conference congratulating everyone, and it seemed like you know like guys easy now you know, but uh, yeah they let it get to their heads and that's yeah yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's the past though just try and move that's on the to past things. <laughs> um, Nima, what do you predict? 
I think I think we'll win if we if we if we play a four three three or play our shape and not get into some not not get lured into some ridiculous experimental three five two or four four two with Palacio or some stupid shit like that. If we if we have some uh, if we, if we if if Pioli decides to chill the fuck out and and decide to really give this a shot and not panic, like Mohammed says. I really think we can destroy. Uh, we can really beat Genoa. Genoa have a good team, but we have a better team. You know, if we play yeah. in midfield, I mean, if Joao Mario and Brozovic play together in midfield, and we have Candreva as a trequartista, and we play Eder and Perisic on the wings behind Icardi, we and we do the pressure that we say, you know, that that we've been talking about, that we've been doing. We will win this game easily. Like there is no doubt in my mind that we can't win this game. Because we yeah. have a better team. I mean, it's just it's just that simple. So if if we play like that, then I think we'll win uh, two three nil. I think Icardi will get two. I think uh, Candreva will get one. But if we get suckered into playing some sort of three five two, I nil will 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 we'll finish in a goalless draw, or we might even lose. Yeah. It's it's that that yeah. house that's and then then we're really in 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 a in a in a, in a tight spot. Yeah, then you might as well just fire Pioli, you know, like, yeah, why not, you know? Like, anything oh, they, game, they you will, know? don't worry about yeah. it, they will, don't but, worry about it. They you know, will. if you really want to go full Zamparini, you know, fire Pioli and bring back Devore, you know, <laughs> and then fire Devore and bring back Mancini and then fire them all and bring back, God knows, you know, sitting down, waiting, uh, playing with your toes until uh, Simeone comes. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well... I was originally going to flip a coin to, to decide how I'd predict this game, but I'm going to ride the positivity <laughs> train um, that you guys are on. And uh, I'm going to go 2-0 into um, Icardi twice, because Icardi. Um, yeah. Right, so I guess moving on to the uh, weekly segments we do here on the Studio Inter podcast. We start with the Frog of the Week, this week told by myself. So, for my Frog of the Week, we've already gone into this in detail, but, you know, it, it can't go to anyone or anything other than the entire defence of the starting lineup against <laughs> Napoli. <laughs> for the way they... For the way they went into the uh, the game. Um, started the match. So, to go into such an important match, and this is an important match, it's Napoli. I know it's Napoli away, but even more it's reason to be more important cautious. Match. There's no doubt about you know? that. It's a very important game. Like, yeah. it's, you know, you, if anything, be more cautious. Be more defensive. Like, when, you know, like, like be more cautious at the start of the match so that you can get into it and then whatever happens later on, what happens. But they, yeah. they lose their heads in the first five minutes and they don't even just concede once, they concede twice, which is it just the second goal, you know, puts puts the game in Napoli's hands. And, you know, it was already going to be a uphill climb to, to get a good result at the Sao Paulo. And, and it just, they just turned it into a mountain. Yeah. And it's, it's just stupid, stupid things. And, you know, these... Like, uh, here's another run. These guys are earning thousands of euros a week, for goodness sake. Oh yeah. god, and it's just it's, it's here's something to piss you off when you wake up early in the morning to go to work. Think uh, that Ranocchia is paid more than you will ever earn in your lifetime 
per month <laughs> to, to play football. Like, <laughs> oh Jesus! And they can't even do a job for off. five minutes. Not even, not even five a minute. A minute. Yeah. It literally minute. is not a minute. Unbelievable, they can't isn't it? Do a job for, and, and it's you know, and uh, the money we spent on these guys over the years, and all the other players who have come in and left over the years, and. It's just, you know, the, the, it sounds like the frog of the week is, is just Inter in general, but for for this week, it has to go to the, the Inter defence for doing the same thing time and time again. It's embarrassing, it's a nightmare, yeah. it's a joke, and it's it's my frog of the week. Um, so again, as always, Renocchia is somehow involved in, in his own award. Um, hey-ho. <laughs> Moving on to um, the more negative, less jokey Moji of the Week, as told by Nima this week. Well, uh, it's kind of continuing on a little bit of what you um, said last week. Um, and it's the fact that this, uh, this child pornography or this this paedophile ring in English football that is just growing bigger and bigger and bigger by the second and is really uh, as as you said yesterday as you said last week uh, just the tip of the iceberg and uh, you know disregarding you know I mean the, the the reporting that the Guardian have have done on this is is simply exemplary and with the humanity that they've done this and um, the more the, the, the level of consideration they have done in trying to not um, not 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 hurt people but but to give the victims of these heinous crimes a platform to tell their story to raise an issue in in, in English football that that has apparently been so widespread it's not just one coach it's not just two coach coaches now there's another a uh, guy called Bob Higgins, who has been named in connection with allegations of historical sexual abuse of children, and that the Football League itself had issued warnings to clubs about his uh, activities with children as long as 1989. That's when the first warnings came out. Despite wow. this, despite this, he was allowed to continue to work with children and to allowed to be a coach and be around children and this this is this is enough to make you it's harrowing it's harrowing and it's enough to make anyone sick to their stomach um but at the same time this needs to come out this needs to be aired out all of this needs to be talked about in order to for this to for these things to be prevented you know it's the only way you have to shed light where none where light has never been shed before in order to to create an 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 environment where this can be prevented never to happen again but i gotta say the guardians work as always i mean personally on on on, you know speaking from a personal level when it comes to all not just sports not just politics not just finance every the guardian to me is the best newspaper in the world and to me they are 
the best journalists in the world and what they do, irrespective of which subject or area it is, it is second to none. And we wouldn't be talking about this if it wasn't for The Guardian, if it wasn't for Daniel Taylor, Marcus Christensen, his chief editor, and, and everyone else who's involved in this in this horrible story, who, who have raised this story in such a respectful and, and, and fantastic way. Um, we wouldn't be talking about this. The F, this would have gone on forever. Uh, and and the fact that they forced clubs to that had previously paid, and this is true, Chelsea, for example, had paid off um, one of the victims of this uh, to never speak of this under a settlement. Uh, we, as he had also, as, as, as a player, as, as a young player, he had also been sexually harassed by one of the youth team coaches. Now Chelsea have quite correctly uh, lifted uh, the the gag order off of that contract, uh, off of that settlement, in order for this to come out. Um, this is something in football that is horrible. It's disgusting, and in order for it to be resolved, for, for in order for this to never happen again, um, this needs to be discussed. And uh, it's 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 just it's just heartbreaking, and uh, it, it's like the mother of all mojis. This 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 sex scandal, this this pedophile scandal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's, it's, it's disgusting stuff. It's just a photo. They clubs allowed these guys to carry on. Well, they wanted to silence it. They wanted to silence it. I mean, this was during a period of time where, you know, sexuality in, in a very male-dominated, masculine kind of, you know, this was kind of, you know, this was not something that was spoken of. This was, you know, the, the kind of look the other way perspective has always been when it comes to you know is this isn't just when it comes to football you know the catholic church um you know there have been several other institutions and organizations where this has been a problem but they've chosen to look the other way in order not to you know create you know they just silenced it in order not to 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 create uh you know to draw attention to them but however the truth always comes out and the truth always prevails thanks to fantastic journalists like Daniel Taylor, like the entire uh, Guardian, uh, or like the entire, all the journalists at Guardian, who together, for example, with, Green, with Glenn Greenwald um, and Edward Snowden revealed what the NSA were doing. I mean, this, this is the Guardian at its best. This is what they do. Um, and it's so important that in this day and age, when we have more and more authoritarian, anti-democratic powers in all of the world rising, that we have journalists who hold those the people in power, hold their feet to the fire and hold them accountable. And what The Guardian have done and what The Guardian have always done and that hopefully will always continue to do is to shed light where light does not want to be shed. No matter how horrific this the, the story and the subject matter is, this is journalism. This is journalism at its finest hour and at its best and and you know I, I hate what they had to write about i hate that they had to write about it but i'm very grateful and thankful that they are there to write about it yeah that's really yeah well, carry on man. well put no i'm saying like well well said very well said very, okay um, okay um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and I, I like how you turn, you know, it's it's a distressing subject. I like how you turned it towards a, a more positive thing uh, about The Guardian. And, and yeah, great job on them. And I, I feel like they deserve a Mochi of the Week. Not Mochi, a Marathi of the Week. Sorry, a Marathi yeah. of the Week. Um, correcting myself there. 
Um, or Marathi of the month, I guess, or year. Yes, for, for, decade. For a decade. Decade. For, for doing the excellent work that they've done. So it's really good stuff. Um, so moving on to, to the Marathi of the week. Um, this week told by Mo. Oh my God, he is beautiful. He is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, uh, keeping in with the theme of uh, tying in last week's uh, Mojis and Marathis and uh, Frogs. <laughs> um, I just love how the frog has become like a verb. Now. Uh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean uh, we all we all read uh, about uh, Ronaldinho and Riquelme possibly uh, offering their services uh, to uh, to the Brazilian team that had tragically uh, lost 19 of its members in that uh, airplane accident, and uh, it, it it's just uh, you know it's a small gesture whether. Whether the take whether the club really needs that or not uh, at the moment can be argued, but just for someone like I think football, Joga Bonito, the beautiful game, is has always been embodied in in this guy in Ronaldinho. Even when he played at Milan, you know, you, you couldn't help but love this guy. Mm. Uh, always a smile, always a great sportsman, uh, always in love with the game, and and just for the, him to to come out with such a classy gesture at a, at such a difficult time for that club. And, and, you know, it really gives hope, you know, things out of these tragedies, good stories and, and, and inspira- inspirational stories can come out. And I think we can uh, all just take a moment and reflect on just what a cool guy Ronaldinho is and how his legacy still remains, despite him really retiring from top tier competitive football now. Yeah, it's, it's really... Here, here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Ronaldinho, it's Riquelme, it's a bunch of players who have offered their services to the club yeah. uh, to, to raise funds for them, to play for them, to... Uh, I think that's that's the beauty... I mean, it's just, just to see how the world of football has all rallied around. I mean, I think it was beautiful yeah, to yeah. see how Milan had on their shirts their, their name of Chabacuense. I think Inter and everyone else had this armband. It's beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see. And I've seen so many... You know, it's it's so nice to see how how the world of football rallies around when tragedies like this happens. And I also read a few just moments ago that it's official now that the Copa Sudamericana has been awarded. I was just going to say that as well. Yeah, it was it was announced, which is also really good news. Um, I do want to bring up. There was also another team in Brazil who who played um, them in the semi-finals, um, and they they wore these swapped shirts that. Um, the shirts that they swapped with the players in that game prior. Oh, wow. And, and they wore it in their next game, or I think, uh, yeah, that they beautiful. had this week in, in honour of them. You know, it's, mm. it's all these stories and that about coming out. It's, it's, yeah, and in this day of, like, uh, we, like the Classico, really, like, it, it, it really annoys me, you know, like this whole, the hype for the Classico, and on the TV, it's always a Classico, and you get, like, pictures of, you know, pristinely preened uh, Ronaldo and like uh, immaculately quaffed uh, Neymar and Messi and and you can really get caught up like uh, you can really forget that football really is a beautiful game and it's about guys like 22 guys on the pitch playing ball and like inspiring other kids and keeping kids off the street and you know it's it's stories like this that that really remind you that it's 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 a community it's it's you know Sure, it's entertainment, but it's also much more, you know. Can I just say something completely off topic? Yes. Can we, can, can, if I have to hear one more pun or word joke 
based on El Clasico, I think I will shoot myself in the head. <laughs> okay, because Borussia Mönchengladbach and Borussia Dortmund played, and some douchebag on Twitter called it El Borussico. Uh, when PSG <laughs> when PSG played Man City, some douchebag called it El Cashico. Enough <laughs> with the classical puns. Enough. Yeah, it's, enough, it's just like uh, it's like calling any any scandal something gate. You know, like uh, yep, you know, after yep. Watergate, anything gate, anything gate. Uh, enough kills already. Me. However, yeah. the only the only gate I think that, 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 that I gotta say, I'm also, I, I agree with you 100 there with the gate bullshit. I, I, that's also something that's been completely, dist- you know, enough. But there was yes. one thing during the last few weeks of the American presidential election which I thought was brilliant, and that's the infamous Access Hollywood tape that was so brilliantly dubbed by many comedians as Pussygate. <laughs> now that, to me, was the ultimate use yeah. of the gate, you know. <laughs> the, after that, when you have Pussygate, that's enough. They, 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 there's no yeah, need that's... to use gate anymore. yeah. yeah. That's it. You know, you, you're as higher the shirt. It's, yeah, exactly. Uh, you, know. you can't get higher than that or lower. I don't know. But you just, you, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, and, uh, same thing in Italy. Everything is poly, calciopoli, blah, 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 poly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. enough, 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 enough. Like, it, it's like this, it's just, it, it was funny for about five seconds. But I mean, those things are like serious. But El Cashico and Borusico and I don't know what the fuck you call. It's like <laughs> enough, enough, enough. Please yeah. stop it. Please stop it. You know, and, 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 and you know what also really upsets me is the fact that we have to suffer like through at least, I'd say four, if not five, Classicos every season. <laughs> and they all have to get like hyped up. Yeah. This is like the biggest match in the world, and this is the most amazing match. And come oh, on, guys, you know, like please, you know. But, I feel like you've yeah, been holding this in, man. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, 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 I agree with you. Man. I'm an like, angry old man. No, like, I. You, you know, me and Mo are basically the. You know, we're basically cranky old guys. So you know, don't yeah. don't open that door. Oh it's no, I, I I see, I, I see, I see. <laughs> the Larry point, Davids like, of the, the yeah, football. exactly. I was gonna say we're we're basically like Larry David. You know, <laughs> sliced in two. It's like you know, yeah, I'm, uh, definitely. We're 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 very much in agreement. So it's actually good that you're here, Antonio, to kind of spring a little <laughs> bit of hope and positivity to what otherwise would be oddly basically, enough predictions for the. <laughs> Genoa game, uh, we were the ones who were optimistic, and, uh, we and I, was, really I was the one who said I'd flip a coin. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Maybe it's just a, you know it's my hope in 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 generation this generation. <laughs> who knows? Um, well, and I think that's a good thing to uh, end it up on. Um, with Agree. Pussy Agreed. and uh, Pussy cash flows and. Yeah, and all of Jesus that. Let's, yeah. Uh, yep. yeah, let's finish it up. So I'd like to thank uh, Nima and Mo for joining me on today's podcast, and also to Marco for joining us um, to talk about the Napoli game. Uh, thank you, guys. It was great having you. you. And also, I'd like to give a plug to StadioSeria.com, where you can get all their podcasts. Uh, they they always have fantastic guests, and they do. Uh, it's 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 in my in my opinion, it really is the best uh, podcast on Italian football uh, in English out there. Bar none. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. But that's that goes without saying. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I had a cough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, forever. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's so love. It's so love. <laughs> yeah, it's so love. It's so love. It's so love. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you to all the listeners and, and readers for joining us this week. Um, sempre e solo Forza Inter. Forza Inter. Forza Inter. Cazzo. Ha, 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 ha.